Welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another faith-building message by Pastor David Entry. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. May your knowledge of Jesus Christ increase as you listen. Be blessed. Let's get into the text. First Peter chapter 2 verse 12. I'll read verse 12 and then from verse 20 to 25. So verse 12, 20 to 25. First Peter chapter 2 verse 12. Having your conversation honest among the Gentile, Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evil doers, they may by your good works, which they behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. In the day of visitation. Verse 20. For what glory is it if when ye be buffeted for your faults, ye shall take it patiently? But if when you do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. Who did no sin? neither was guile found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. Who his own self bore or bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes we were healed for Ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and the bishop of your souls. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. Shall we please pray? Father, thank you. Thank you for bringing us together around your word. In you we live, in you we move, and in you we have our being. We pray that as your word is taught, as your word is expounded, as your word is explained, let Christ be revealed. Holy Spirit, you who teach the word of God, you are a teacher. The anointing within us to teach. Teach us and reveal Christ to us in your, in your word. Guide us through your word. Enlighten the eyes of our understanding that we will behold wondrous things in your word. Holy Spirit, put your word, the gracious words in my mouth. Let gracious words proceed out of my mouth to the glory, glorifying of your name, to the edifying of your people. Heal the sick, deliver the captives, save the lost. Turn situations round. Let people have a turnaround encounter through the teaching of your word. I rebuke the power of the enemy and I pray, let your glory be seen. Thank you, Lord, for the power of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We thank God for this morning. Now, the text I just read from verse 12, I told you in the previous teachings that First Peter, the first part, all right, chapter 2, the first part was written uh, uh, talking about our status, who we are. We are a chosen generation and all that, how we have been made living stones. But then the second part from verse 12, picking up from verse 11, talks about how because we are sojourners, because we are pilgrims, because we are a particular type, type of people, we are en- encouraged, admonished, charged 
to live a certain way. So having your conversation honest, all right, our conversations are lifetime amongst the Gentiles. Now, then he begins to speak about that whilst they speak against your evil, uh, sorry, you as evildoers, they may by your good works, all right, which I explained from the verse 19 that this is carries, your good works is carries, the grace, gracious words, this is grace, that you live a certain life that denies your opposers, your opponents, the adversary, denies them grounds, justification for the accusations they level against us. So, he says that there, this is carry. So, I told you in the previous teaching that verse 12 actually is kind of expounded. It's explained from verse 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, all the way to verse 25. It's an explanation of verse 12. So, big chunks, we get to um, how we, we should live. It says that we should uh, uh, the Bible talks about how in verse 15 we should uh, submit, okay, submission. So we should learn how to submit for the purposes of God, to the glory of God. We should, verse 13 talks about we should submit that this is our freedom in Christ. The freedom is for submission. And then that's the verse 15. It talks about how um, for is the will of God that what well, well do you put to silence the foolishness of men through our submission we silence them so our submission is the first aspect of the life of grace the life of courage the second life of grace is to be an example or um, the life of courage is to live a certain life not just our submission to authority but the lifestyle we live depicts something that only God can produce through people all right now so the verse 20 19 talks about how we should live a certain life and verse 20 says that it is the will of god that uh, verse 20 says that uh, when you live in a, that way and you suffer for that living you bring glory to god now look at verse 21 verse 21 picks it up from then says for even unto this where you called it says that you can just put it that for for to this end where ye were called, because Christ also suffered for us. Watch this. This is important. This is the key of what I want to explain to verse 25. Leaving us an example. Someone can type example. Example. You can use bold, bold letters. Example. Or capital letters. Example. He died or he for this... Uh, we are called because Christ suffered for us. This is very important. Now, the word translated, the Greek word translated for us, can also, the phrase is also for our sins. But before I, I throw a bit more light into that, look at the verse 12 again. The verse 12 says that, that by our good works, good work, we should, that which they behold, um, they will by our good work, which they will do, glorify God. Now, watch this. In, in the day of visitation. Aha. Uh -huh. What is this day they are talking about? The Bible is talking about. What is the day of visitation? The Greek word translated visitation is episcope. Episcope. Take notice of that because I'm going to explain something. Episcope, which means uh, uh, visitation. It is the same Greek word that was translated in uh, Luke chapter 1 verse 68 
and verse 78 and chapter 7 verse 16 look at verse 60 he said blessed is the lord god of israel for he has visited which is the day of visitation he has visited and redeemed his people verse 78 it says that through the tender mercies of our god with which he uh, with which the day spring from uh, from on high has visited us that same so this connotes something positive that god has visited his people so it's not visitation to judge that god is bringing judgment what does this episcopate connote look at luke chapter 7 verse 16 the same word appears again luke 7 16 and they and there came a fear on them and uh, uh, on all and they glorified this is our chapter for today luke chapter Seven, they, and they glorified God, saying that a great prophet is risen amongst us, and that God has. So God has the the attitude, or God has the propensity of visiting His people, visiting His people. In Exodus chapter six, chapter three, verse sixteen, the, the Bible talks about how I have surely visited you and seen what is done to you in Egypt. Chapter 4, verse 31. Exodus chapter 4, verse 31. So the people believed, and when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel, and that he had looked on, watch this, this is a very important, important phrase in the explanation of visitation. He has visited the people of Israel, and has looked on their affliction. He has visited and looked upon the affliction. Now, the Greek word episcope means to actually examine, to look upon, all right? To look upon, to examine, to check out. It's, it's actually, the Greek word actually means to inspect, to it's like an observation, to make an observation. It's the same uh, the, the, Episcopate also the visitation or visit is also it's like uh, visitation. All right, so in your day of visitation, the day when God looks upon you, I'm explaining the day where God observes you. The day so your day of visitation is your day of inspection, your day of observation, your day of investigation, your day of this is a very important word I'm about to use oversight. So God tends to have an oversight on you. What does that mean? To visit in this term, in this sense, means to look out for, examine and check out, watch this, not to punish, but to employ, to promote, to uh, comment. So like when uh, uh, um, the, in an examination or you work in a company and they are just they put you on or let me even put this the doctor comes is examining you checking your the, the state of your development so as to discharge you he actually wants to discharge you but he can't discharge you unless he has visited you 
The doctor cannot discharge you unless he has visited you. So he visits you. He comes to observe you. He comes to examine you to say that, good, now I want to, I'm happy to do what I've been waiting to do. The doctor has been waiting to discharge you, but it, it's out, it must be until a certain time before he they determine that, okay, I think you are now free to go. You are now free to be promoted. The same way, to look upon, to examine, to investigate, God keeps an eye, or watch this, watch this, God is keeping an eye on you, he's examining you and watching you because he's observing what is going there's a certain, he's trying to see what is the appropriate time to elevate you, to glorify his name in your life. So, Bible, I think in Acts chapter 6 verse 3, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the word, in Acts chapter 3, 6 verse 3, the apostles told the, uh, the congregation, look out from amongst you. Oh, look at, watch that. Look out from among. it's the same word. Visit your people. Look out from amongst you, seven men of good reputation. See, that's what, examine them. Check them out. Of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Whom, watch this. So the purpose for looking out is for promotion. The purpose for looking out is for glorification. The purpose for looking out is to show how you are fit for a certain rise, a certain lifting. You are fit for your next stage. I believe that God is waiting. He's just observing you and he's training you. He's preparing you to on earth to glorify his name in your life. That unbelievers as the Gentiles, as they accuse you as an evildoer, they look at what in your, in your day of elevation, in your day of visitation, God has examined and lifted you so much that they look at you, they don't have any choice but to say, indeed, this guy, we want to be like him. We want, I'm talking about you. So when you are going through suffering, God is also, also visiting you. In your day of visitation is when God has observed you, absorbed you, and he has, he's waiting for the appropriate time. He's checking you out. He's checking the way you are treating your husband. He's checking the way you are treating your wife. In spite of the injustice that is meted out to you. He's, he's checking the way you are treating your employers. He's checking the way you are treating your, treating your mother, your father, your brother. You are, you are treating the people who have not been treating you well, whom you live amongst. God is checking it. And he's not just observing you to punish you or to judge you. No, no. He's up, there is, because there is a strength. Oh, 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 that's where it's going. There is a strength from within. And so he's like a bishop. The job, oh my goodness, thank you, Lord. The job of a bishop is to watch out, oversee, to over. So the the, the watch this. Visit the, the root word for visitation, Greek word. The Greek root word for visitation is the same as the Greek root word for bishop. So the day of your visitation, the day of, in fact. In Acts chapter 1 verse 20, they, that, that word has been used in a, in a very interesting way. He says, his bishopric, okay, his bishopric, talking about the, uh, uh, um, Judas, his bishopric, his bishop, his bishopric office, that is the same word as his visitation. So the job of a bishop is to visit the people. In other words, not just going home, going 
from home to home. Observe the people. One of the things I like, I, I, I'm grateful to God about the, the position he has put me in as a pastor of a local church is I observe people to give them promotions. And when I say promotion, in, uh, uh, I, what I mean is give them opportunity for development, opportunity to shine. So we observe people. That's the job of a bishop, the job of a doctor. Observe the development of your patients. And God, he's actually, Jesus is the bishop. Guess what? He can't wait to promotion, promote you. Not when we die. On earth, people must see that, oh, Gentiles will not be in heaven. Unbelievers will not be in heaven. So on earth, the unbelievers will see. So when, in your day of visitation, when God has carried out his examination and it has come to the point the period where he wants to bring you up uh when he where he wants to show you forth on that day they will see when god is showing you forth yes they will see it and what bible says that and they will glorify god because when god is showing you forth bible says that that as they even as they speak of you as evil doers they may by your good works their carries there is carries behind your lifting there is gracious behavior as i taught the other time the carries can be possible the gracious behavior the behavior based on grace can be possible only when you look onto jesus when you have the jesus inside you and you you are conscious or by the conscience of God or by the consciousness of Christ you are elevated so as you are conscious of him he is also guess what he is also acting as a bishop overseeing you overseeing you it can't wait I see your promotion coming oh sister don't worry about what you are going through don't worry about what they are saying about you brother don't worry about just be concerned that as God is examining you he is going to find you fit for that lifting because there's a lifting he has prepared for you ahead and he's going to elevate you to prove a point that there are people on earth who walk with God who God elevates for his glory I see that happening for you so having bearing that in mind the day of your visitation the day of your bishopric okay the day the season the time the day of uh, visitation is the uh, the appropriate the uh, opportune time where God comes to manifest his favor upon your life his goodness upon your life when we talk about the day of visitation he's talking about the 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 timing okay the period for god to now show you forth after he has observed your your smooth development i see you developing i see you moving from grace to grace from glory to glory now watch this i like quoting this scripture a lot but permit me to do that in the book of Second Corinthians chapter three, verse sixteen. He said, "But we, when when he return, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is take, shall be taken away. When one turns to the Lord, then verse seventeen says that, and the Lord is the Spirit. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, the Spirit. so the Lord is the Spirit, right? Then so you can connect verse sixteen to verse eighteen. Look at verse sixteen." Look at verse 16. When one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away, verse 18. The veil is taken away, verse 18. But we all, with, see, with unveiled faces, the veil is taken away. You can, you, the veil that covers our face from living the way we should live, doesn't, we, it, it blinds us from seeing things from God's perspective. Seeing things in God's perspective, uh, from seeing things from God's perspective. The veil, we don't see clearly. We will see, but not clearly. 
you see but as in a dark mirror you see so he says that when you tend to the lord your veil is taken now when the veil is we all those of us with unveiled faces we behold us in the mirror the glory of the lord watch this are being transformed into the same image guess what from glory to glory that is that's god's job of bishopric whilst christ is a bishop over your life he's just he's just encouraging i'll show you how he's a shepherd to encourage us to look unto him and as we look unto him we receive the strength to watch watch this the strength to replicate him the strength the in internal fortitude the internal ability christianity is not lived from the outside uh, uh, last week i quoted philippians chapter 2 verse 12 it says that Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your salvation. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Look at the next verse. For it is it is God who works in you. Both to you see, God must be at work in you to produce the doing of his good pleasure. For it is God who works in you, both to will. So the desire to do comes from God. One and then not only the desire to do, but the ability to do. So the willingness to do and the ability to do. Another translation puts it this way: For it is God who works in you, uh, uh, who who works in you to produce the willing and the doing of His good pleasure. There is no way any human being by themselves can please God. So it brings verse twenty and twenty-one into a very interesting question. First Peter chapter 2, verse 20 and 21. It says that what glory is it when you suffer for your bad doing? But if you suffer for doing good, it's commendable with God, before God. Look at verse 21. Verse 21 says that for for, for to this were you called. Watch this. You've been called to something. Because Christ also suffered for us. Watch this. Leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. What is the example Christ left? We should follow his steps. What example is that? That you as a human being can do. In the first place, it must be God who works in you to produce the doing and the will, the, the willing and the doing of his good pleasure. But now, look at the next verse. Verse 22. Who com- This is talking about Christ. So Christ's examples. Please, Christ's example. Who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth? Huh? Who, when he was reviled, did not revile uh, in return, when he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to God, or him, God, who judge, judges righteously. Ah. The next verse is even getting worried. Is this saying we should imitate this one? Whom himself bore our sins ah, in his own body on the tree, that we, having di- uh, died to sin, sins, might live for right by whose stripes? Ah, how can you heal people by your stripes? Is this what we are? We are I mean, in, how can you in yourself imitate this thing? How, how can this be an example for you to? Okay, you are looking at. So, you, are you also going to down the tree for somebody? Oh, boy, no, boy, no, 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 no. It will be matter. It will be a foolish death because it will not save anybody. His death was a redemptive death. You can't die a redemptive death because no one, your blood cannot save any human beings. My blood cannot save him. So in what way is he saying that Christ suffered and left us an example to follow? How can you follow this example by being, uh, uh, look at verse 20, 20 23 again, 20, 23, who, uh, 
no, verse 20, let's start from verse 22, verse 22, I'm sorry. The prefer, who commit, committed no sin? Hey! Nor was deceit found in his mouth. The way he spoke, perfect. In Luke chapter 4, verse 22, Bible says that um, progressious word proceeded out of his mouth. <laughs> they marveled at the, this one is amazing. The kind of this, this man is speaking. <laughs> Gracious words proceeded out of his mouth. How about us? And in, in Isaiah chapter 53 verse uh, 7, 53 verse 7, he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He didn't say anything negative. They opened, sometimes you get upset and you may say something, oh, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. Sometimes even a pastor in your preaching, sometimes you see something in a congregation, you may say something, you see something, and say something that you are not supposed to say. Or the later, if, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. We, sometimes, and, and the Bible says that he, James chapter 3, he who does not sin in his ways is a perfect man. It's a very interesting. Your ways, you are perfect. There's two or so. Your, your, perfect, your, your perfection is connected to your ways, your words. Your words are very important. Okay. If any man does not offend in word, the same is a perfect man. That's why we have to receive the grace to live by a certain way and speak. But coming back to Christ, the Bible says that in verse 22 of First Peter, it says that uh, no, no deceit was found in his mouth. How about you committed no sin? In Philly, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, the Bible talks about how um, he was tempted at all points like us, but he was without sin. Oh boy. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, he said, God made him who knew no sin. He knew no sin. Christ was without sin. In the book of 1 John chapter 5, verse, um, verse uh, chapter 3, I'm sorry, verse 5. 1 John chapter 3, verse 5. Look at how I you uh, And you know that he was manifested to take away uh, take away our sins and he and in him there was no sin and in, there is no sin so in Christ there is no sin no sin this is a sin, sinless person in John chapter 8 verse 46 he asked them which of you can convict me of sin <laughs> he said which of you can convict me of sin there was no sin in fact his enemies the highest judge in the in those days in in those times his time who brought him under examination see that ex examination was not a visitation because that examination was examining to convict examining to find fault with christ our shepherd doesn't examine us our bishop does not examine us to find fault but look at uh, in, in in luke chapter um, 23 verse 4 in Luke chapter 23 verse 4 the pilot examined him and he came and he said that Pilate the chief said, I find no fault in him I've examined him I found no fault verse 14 I find no fault in him verse 14 he says that uh, you brought this man that is misleading people and uh, that uh, having examined him in your presence I find no fault in him this man is faultless he said, I can't find any fault with verse 23. I find no fault in him. He said, I find no fault in him. So the, he examined him and he said that, I mean, the, 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 verse 23, put the verse 23 on please for me. Verse 20, yeah, verse 23. He said that, but they insisted, demanding a voice that is, and then he, uh, and the voices of the people, no, uh, verse 22, I'm sorry, verse 22, yeah, um, Yes, he said, uh, he said unto the, the third time, what, what evil has he done? 
I have found no reason for death. Jesus was perfect. Look at verse 41. Even the thieves on the cross, that one of the thieves said, listen, we have received, just, yeah, we are suffering justly, but this man has done nothing wrong. T- t- Jesus was perfect. He, there was no sin in him. So in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 22, he says that who committed no sin? We are supposed to, are we to imitate him because he sets an example for us? What? Imitate him? Yes. In what way? How can you imitate Jesus for in that sense and be able to die? For, how can you die for people? Bible said, he bore our sins. Verse 24. He himself bore our sins in his body. You can bear even our, your own sins, my own sins, I can't bear them in my body, let alone to add other people's sins. But he himself bore our sins in his body. Now, I'm trying to draw attention to something. Just to draw, to get you, us to understand that we cannot actually copy Jesus. I'm going I'm, I'm to explain it. How can we copy, we look at what he's doing, so WWJD, what would Jesus do? If this is how Jesus would do, okay, let me look at what he do. So I will do. Let me look at what he will do, then I will do. Because how can we imitate verse 21 again? Verse 21 again. For this, for for to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us. Watch this. Leaving us an example that we should follow his step. So it, what does this mean? That's what I want to explain. What does this mean? The Greek word translated leaving us an example is hopogramos. Hopu, it sounds like something like this. Greek scholars, don't pick me on it, but hopu, hopu, gramos, hopu, gramos, very important word, hopu, gramos, which is also translated example. So he left us an example. It's also translated a pattern. He left us a pattern. It's also translated a model. So Christ is our pattern. Christ is our model. Okay, he's our pattern, he's our muzzle, model. Not just example in the sense, look at him and do it. He's our model. We fit into him. So Christ, uh, Hopu Grammo means our model. In um, John chapter 13, verse 15, look at John 13, 15. It says that I've set an, I have given you a model. Hopu Grammo, that's the word. I've given you an example, a model that you should do as I have done to you when he was serving, washing the feet of the disciple. So I've given you an example. So Christ actually gives us an example. You, you want to see in Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. We normally quote 27, 28. Oh, come unto me, all you who labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you, take upon me my yoke, take upon yourself my yoke. But look at verse 29. It says that, take upon you, uh, take, take, take my yoke upon you, and guess what? The word there, learn, of, uh, learn from me. 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 So when he says, learn from me, he's sending a very strong signal to us. Sending a strong signal about how we should, we we have to model our, uh, there's a pattern he has set for us, for us to follow. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 20. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 20 said, but you have not so learned Christ. So we are in in Christ to learn him. He's our textbook. He's our examination syllabus. We learn him. How do we learn Christ? How do we learn Christ? We learn him. We can learn him. Now, when we say learn him, it's not talking about uh, um, the reproduction of, so 
this is Christ, and you now go and make get another Christ. So uh, Christ, and then you are living as another Christ. Not that sense. When he said we should learn him, or we sh- he should be our uh, uh, hupogramos, okay? He should be our hupogramos. He's not talking about, okay, look at what he's doing and do it. You can't look at what he's doing and do. That's the point I'm trying to make. Nobody can look at what Christ has done and do same. You can't. So if we are supposed to, he is supposed to be our model, how are we supposed to do it? How are we supposed, we are supposed to, watch this, the, the original Greek word, hupogramos, it means like the way when I used to draw a lot, where well, I used to draw a lot, and when I was sometimes, you're trying to draw something that is hard, and I, I stumble across tracing paper. A tracing paper is a paper that is transparent enough for you to see through. So you put the tracing paper on the object you want to draw, the outline, and you trace the outline. Okay, so you are just tracing the outline. By the time you realize you've gotten the same pattern, hupogramos, hupogram. Christ is supposed to be our pattern. So we, we put our lives on Him. He lives our life. The, see, when you turn, as as I said, when we turn to Christ. So as you turn to Christ, you actually begin to uh, live out the the grace of God in you. As I explained, that you are. This is carries that. Through consciousness of God, by the grace of God, by this grace in us that has been worked into us. For it is God who is at work in oh, oh. Work out your salvation. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Why? For it is God who is at work in you. So something is already, when you are born again, this is what I'm trying to say. When you are born again, something is set in motion. That is called the grace of God. Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 22, it talks about the grace of God be Christ be with you. It says, Second Timothy chapter, he said, The Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Your spirit, grace be with you. That's the same thing. Christ is grace with us. Christ with us is grace. So he's inside us, he's with us in our spirit. But I thought, Pastor, no, no, hold on, hold on. I thought Christ is seated in heaven. Yes, his physical body is seated in heaven. But when he died on the cross, I need, you, I need you to listen to this very carefully. He lived a human life and set an example for us. So he lived the life we should live. And then guess what? He suffered all these things, died on the cross. And when he died on the cross, he, I will show you on the tree, he was crucifying sin. He was dealing with the power of sin in the flesh. And then when he finished, he resurrected and watch this. He resurrected and came into our lives. And we, by the life, the resurrection life on the inside can now live according to the example he has set for us. So all I'm trying to say is you don't have, I don't have it in myself to live like Christ, but I have it inside me to copy, hupogramos, or to duplicate all right so it's not just to it's not about um 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 imitating him but it's more about duplication of the original the original oh listen (laughs) the original thumbprint the original nature of christ watch this has been worked into you when you're a believer when you become a believer, the nature, the life of Christ, so he's in us as our life, and that so that we can live him out. He is in us as our life, so so that we can live him out based on the example he set for us, we see in scripture. So we live him out. That when you do that, then Bible says that that Christ will be in Romans chapter 8, verse 29. 
we normally talk about 28 but look at 29 for whom he foreknew he also for whom he foreknew he also predestined watch this to be <laughs> hallelujah to be conformed watch this to be conformed to the image of christ into his image now how do you get conformed when you learn of him you learn of him and based on what has been worked out in you that is what paul meant when he said work out your salvation something has been worked into you which is the grace of god which is the which is christ and when you work out this grace your living becomes an expression of this grace which to the world is charis which to the world is that this is grace they look at your works they see your good works and they don't have a choice but give god glory but i want to establish the fact that the source of that grace the source of that kind of living that kind of reproduction of christ is not extra nose it's not it's not from outside of ourselves watching something but it's already worked inside you so don't try to say, I'm looking, I'm watching Christ to behave, but I'm living out the Christ. That's Christianity. Christian life is to live out the Christ, the life of Christ that has been worked into you. For it is God who is at work in you. God is working in you. God is working. My sister, you might not gotten there yet but god is still working in you why is he working in you he's working in you and guess what as a bishop he's working in you and observing you he's working in you and observing you for your day of visitation where he's going to lift you where he's going to promote you where he's going to show to the world that this is the kind of person i have produced out of this lady this lady who you never respected you disdain you said she's a sinner she's dirty this gentleman whom you said is a sinner he's dirty he's obnoxious he's annoying we can't stand him god is working something out of your life that is why no christian has the right to give up on anybody you can't be a christian and give up on people why because it's not compatible with the christian understanding of how god can be in a person and work out the beauty of his glory out of the person and the person becomes a copy we are supposed to just follow christ trace trace so it's not by ourselves something is already the pattern is already there <laughs> the pattern is already there where is the pattern inside our spirits as you read your word as you read the word it brings it out alive and it strengthens you to be able to follow the pattern follow the pattern bro follow the pattern sister follow the pattern in your marital relationship follow the pattern in your relationship with your 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 neighbors follow the pattern in your employment follow the pattern in your social life follow the pattern even when you are suffering you are under pressure hey follow the pattern there is a pattern there's a model hopogramos hopogramos there's a model that has been set for us ah, this is what excites me most please permit me i'm getting over excited this is what excites me more the most the fact that the model is not somewhere it's been worked already inside you if you are born again that is what it means for christ to be in us so he suffered and lived suffered to set the example died on the cross resurrected to come into us as life to give us the life to live the, follow the example because it's his example you can't follow it and you can't live it by yourself he has to you we have to we can live it independence on him that is what peter is saying that who when he was reviled let's go back to the text hallelujah i pray someone is learning something who when he was reviled did not revile in return when he suffered he did not threaten but committed himself to him that judges 
faithfully or who him that judges righteously so he he, he look at this he commit, can you imagine when jesus was living on earth when he was going through all the things he went through he knew that god is a judge <laughs> you know in in united kingdom and in many stable systems social system like if someone does some things to you you do not have to do it if it's going to break the law but you have to leave them in the hands of the law so the police can get involved for instance someone uh, comes to your house and does some stuff or, or someone you know does something that is wrong you you uh, someone shoots your leg you don't have to go and get a gun to shoot you have to refer them to the police and then they take the person to court because the law will judge the person and judge you properly. So in the same way, Christ, when he was suffering, can you imagine? He knew, this is how he went through. I know God is my judge. I know God will judge this case for me. I know God will acquit me. He will vindicate me. And he says we should follow the same mindset. And when you are going through something with your husband, with your wife, with your family, with your neighbors, with your loved ones or wh whatever you are going through, employers, because you are Christian and you are being maltreated. He says that commit your your soul to God who judges faithfully. He judges righteously. God is a judge. God is a judge. He will defend you. You are innocent. They are putting uh, they are putting a charge against you, which is not true. God will defend you. God will judge the matter for you. My sister, God will judge the matter for you. But you will allow God to judge when you imitate Jesus or when you live out the Christ in you. That's how you allow God. So that he's watching you. The bishop of our souls, Jesus is the bishop. Bishop Jesus is watching you. He's visiting you. Because your day of visitation, in other words, your day of showing forth is just around the corner. Your day of showing forth is about to show his glory over your life. God visits his people to do them good. He examines them to see how he can move them to the next stage. You are about to move to the next stage in the mighty name of Jesus. So he reviled not. He never opened his mouth to attack. First Peter chapter 3 verse 8. He didn't revile. First Peter chapter 3 verse 8. Finally, all of you be of one mind. Having compassion and love as brothers. Be, uh, uh, be ten, verse 18, I'm sorry, verse 18. Verse 18 says that Christ suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh and made alive by the Spirit. So he suffered once for sins. He suffered for us. Now, this is very important. Christ also suffered once for our sins, not for his own problems. He actually suffered for our sins. He died for our sins. Why? That he might bring us to God. Now, when we are suffering, we, Christ suffered to bring us to God. We suffer to bring people to Christ. When we go through that, they will glorify God. We suffer to bring people to Christ. We live a certain life in order to bring people to Christ. So, he suffered for us. Now, let me pick on the, his own body. Let's go to the verse 20, the 24. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. It talks about how um, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. I will leave the body. Colossians 1.22 talks about he, bore, you know, he paid our sins in his body. But on the tree, on the tree, uh -huh, Pastor, you see, Jesus didn't die on the cross. He was hanged. On the no, no, no. The tree, uh, the cross, 
is the product of the tree. So in certain terms, it's referred to as a tree. This is so, so that there is a scripture in, um, what we call it, the scripture in Deuteronomy 21-23. Deuteronomy 21-23. There was a prophecy that anyone who dies on a tree is cursed. His body shall not remain overnight on the tree, but he shall surely, you shall surely bury him that day, so that you do not defile the land which the Lord your God is giving to you for inheritance. For he who hangs, hanged, who is hanged, is cursed of God. Now, the tree, the cross, was the Roman, rep, the Roman, their weapon, their tool for capital punishment. So this was actually pointing to Christ's death on the cross. So Galatians three thirteen says that, um, for he uh, says that, uh, for it is written, curse is he. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, the law having become a curse for us. Why? Because it's written, curse is everyone who hangs on the tree. So the tree that was prophesied is actually the cross, which is the same as the tree. Okay. So you see, being hanged on the tree. He hanged on it, not by the neck, but by his, uh, the nails in his, in his hands and his feet. He hanged there. He hanged on the cross. He hanged on the tree. So when he says that, in fact, when you read the apostles, they preach Acts chapter 5 verse 30. He spoke, they spoke about how he, he died on the tree. Acts 5 30. Look at Acts 5 30. And then Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 5 verse 30. It talks about how and God our fathers raised him up whom he made it hanging hanging on a tree look at chapter 10 Acts 10 39 Acts 10 39 we normally talk about 38 but 39 and we are witnesses of all these which uh, he did both in the land of the Jews and Jerusalem whom they killed by hanging on the tree you see they hanged him this there this Peter preaching said they can Jesus on the tree in Acts chapter uh, um, 13 verse 29. Look at this is Paul. Paul was preaching. He said, "Now they had fulfilled all that was written. Now when they had fulfilled, now when they had fulfilled all that was written concerning him, they took him down from the tree." So when he said he hung on the tree, it's not just he was hung like the way Judas hung. This one, he actually died on the cross. But the cross is another way of saying the tree. So Christ died on the tree for us. So First Peter chapter 2, verse 24, he died on the tree for us. And watch this. This is important. I want to draw something here quickly. Having died uh, on the tree, that we having died to sin. So he died so that we would die. Now, he didn't say sin would die in us, but we would die to sin. That's his pattern. So when you look at Jesus, you will die to sin. We would die. Romans chapter 6, verse 8, verse 11 and 10, and this, I think verse 17 and 18. Look at it. Now, now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall, see, we shall live with him if we died with Christ. So what we are talking about, dying with Christ so that we can live with him. Verse 11 and verse 10. Verse 10, sorry, verse 10. Verse, let's look at the verse, verse 10. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Verse 11. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead. Not, not that kill yourself, but consider, this is how to imitate him. Consider yourself dead to sin, but not only dead to sin. You need to die to sin so you can be alive to God. Many are trying to be alive to God and still be living in sin. No, you, we have to die. We, we are, look at verse 18. Verse 18 of Romans chapter 6. 
verse 18 says, And having been set free from sin, you are free from sin if, if, sin if you are in Christ. You become slaves to righteousness. So we die to sin so that we, can, we, are, uh, we are not dying. Uh, sin, it's not sin that is dying. Sin is still alive in you. But we must be dead to sin. How can this be? By living the resurrection life, turning to Christ, we will die to sin. Christ's model is he died to sin. Not only died to sin, but it's two ways. Die to sin, something in the natural, in our natural flesh, terminated. So that another thing in our spirit can be germinated. So terminate something in the flesh to germinate the life to God. So he said we will, that we, having Roman, uh, 1 Peter chapter 2 again, we, having died to sin, will live. Do you see that? Having died to sin, will live. We, having died to sin, might live for righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. Then he brings in this. So this is all the pattern of imitating Christ. But look at how it ends in the verse 25. This is where I would, I would like to end. Christ our bishop. You were like sheep going astray. Isaiah chapter 50, 53 verse 6 said sheep going astray. Yeah. 56 verse 3 we are like sheep going astray. did you see that so we were like sheep going astray sheep going astray psalm 119 verse 176 this is another one talk about we like sheep going astray i have gone astray like a lost sheep i know that's how we used to be before we came to christ and sometimes you are in christ but you can tell that you are going astray anyone who is going astray don't backslide I, I call you back to the life of Christ. I call you back to the life of Christ. Don't go out. We are, we are all like that. We are all like sheep going, going astray. We are all like sheep going astray. In Jeremiah chapter, chapter 50 verse 6 talks about sheep going astray. We, the people of God, we are all like sheep. My people have been lost. I've been lost sheep. My people have been. We are lost sheep. But thank be to God that he came to seek for us. He came to seek us. It takes a shepherd to seek us. Now look at uh, First Peter. Let's go back to First Peter. I love this. We are all actually going astray. But, we, but now, someone say now. Type now. You can say now. In the past, you see, we were. We were a sheep. But now, return unto, watch this, the shepherd and the bishop of our soul. Christ is the shepherd. Christ is the shepherd. Christ is our shepherd. In John chapter chapter 10 verse 11. John chapter 10 verse 11. He said, I am the good shepherd. Hallelujah. Verse 14. Look at verse 14. He said it again. I am the good shepherd. Hallelujah. Look at verse 16. He said it again. That other sheep I have. That I said, my, they follow my voice. And they will be uh, and and uh, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. He's Jesus says, "I am the good shepherd. I am the one shepherd." And in First Peter chapter five, verse verse four, it talks about he is the chief shepherd. And when the chief shepherd, you see, capital chief, they're talking about Jesus. He is the chief chef, chief chief, sorry, chief shepherd. <laughs> chief shepherd you will receive the crown of glory and in hebrews chapter 13 verse uh, 20 it talks about the uh, may god who bring who brought back from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep jesus is the great shepherd he is the sheep chief shepherd now we are gone astray we are returning we are returning to our shepherd so he's the shepherd what does it mean to be a shepherd the job of a shepherd now he's not a cowboy he's a shepherd there's a difference between a cowboy and a shepherd a cow a shepherd leads the flock and the flock come after him that's when you look in 
real shepherds, they go and the flock follow the shepherd. That's why Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and they, another shepherd, they will not follow. So they follow. Sheep follow shepherd. But a, cow, a shepherd goes ahead, sets the example for sheep. He won't tell, shepherd won't tell you do what he's not doing. Okay, pastor, a shepherd will not tell you do what he's not doing. A shepherd will do for he said, imitate me. Paul said, imitate First Corinthians chapter 11 verse 1. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. So a shepherd do, does for us to follow. Now, it's very interesting. Jesus Christ goes, he's a shepherd. So he, that's why Bible said we are following him. All right. He set the model for us. He set the, the hoopogramos. He set the example for us, for us to follow. He's the shepherd. Now watch this. So a shepherd goes and the sheep follows. How about a cowboy? No, a cowboy drives them from behind. Drive the cow. Come on. Hey, hey, keep on. Quick them. Go. Go. No, Jesus is not a cowboy. Jesus is a shepherd. Jesus is not a cowboy. He's a shepherd. He goes and then he leads the sheep. He leads the sheep. To shepherd means to lead the sheep. And number two is also to examine the sheep and make sure they are fine. Provide for them. Love and care. So when you are going through all those difficulties, remember you are in the love and care of our shepherd. He's the, he cares for you. And guess what? He holds you He holds you like this and rubs his hand on your head and pats you on the back. Don't worry. I know you're going through some things, but I want you to know you have a shepherd. He hasn't left you alone. He's your shepherd. But look at the next verse, the next statement. He's the shepherd, not just the shepherd, but the key word here, the bishop. The bishop. Jesus is the bishop of our souls. The bishop, as I explained in chapter 12, the visitation. He is the one who visits us. The bishop, he's watching us. He oversees. To, so bishop, the Greek word for bishop is episcopos. And the Greek word to, for visitation is episcope. So the episcopos does the work or by episcopain. Alright, so the bishop episcopes. The episcopos episcopes. <laughs> so Jesus Christ, no, put it back on the screen. I didn't see that. Put it back on the screen. I think that's amplified, I guess. I didn't see that. Yes, amplified. Conduct yourself properly among the Gentiles. Alright. Um, that glorify God in the day of inspection. When God shall look upon you, you see, you look upon you wondrous as a pastor or a, sh a shepherd looks over his flock. Did you see that? Did you, I didn't even know that Amplified pussy that like that. So he actually, God looks upon you. The day when God is looking upon you, you, you they will glorify, the Gentiles will glorify God. Now that is the key point here, that Jesus is the shepherd. He's the bishop. He's not just the bishop. He's the shepherd. He cares for us. But he's, he's not just caring for us. He leads us for, his, for us to follow and helps us to follow. But he also, as we are following, he's like, he's, he's observing us. Where we are going wrong, he gently shepherds us in the right direction and where we need appraiser where we need promote he saw bishop is just overseen to see how he glorifies his name in your life how he bless you so much he bless you so much that it cannot be hidden he's watching you he's observing you he's observing brother may i tell you you are under observation so be careful what you how you handle your suffering you are under observation you are under by the bishop not to judge you but he's observing you to appraise you to promote you to commend you to lift you to elevate you hallelujah 
You are under observation by the bishop himself. The bishop, not of your actions, but the bishop of your soul. When we talk about our soul, our soul, when he says the bishop of our soul, is the inner being, the real person. You may be serving, you may be around, they may not know your real you. Because they may judge you with some things you have done, some things you have said, but they don't know the real you. I feel like preaching, brothers and sisters. But the bishop, he is the bishop of our souls. He knows the real you. He knows the real you. He knows the real you. You cannot explain yourself enough to your even to your husband, even to your wife, not even to your mother. They may know you at a certain level, not even to your twin brother or twin sister. They may know you to a certain level, but it takes Jesus who actually knows the real you. Even us, sometimes we don't know ourselves. We don't know ourselves, but thank God, the bishop of our souls. The bishop is the, he's the bishop. He's the shepherd of the real you. The bishop of the real you. He said, you know what? Take off the clothes. Take off the facade. Take it off. I love you. I want to be, I want to shepherd you, 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 your soul. Not just what you are doing, but your soul, the real you. Hallelujah. Christ, the bishop of our souls. Christ, the bishop. Christ, our bishop. We have a bishop. Sir, we have a bishop. Madam, we have a bishop. And serve like someone who has a bishop. Go through all the things you are going through as a Christian, like someone who has a shepherd and a bishop. And the bishop is just observing you. You are under observation. He's looking out for you. The way companies can headhunt somebody. They headhunt you, so we want to employ you. The same way your bishop. The, the job of a bishop is to look out for you to promote you. Look out for you to employ you. They said, look out amongst you. Men of honest report. Look out. Just look out. God is looking out. He's just observing you. Christ, the bishop, as we imitate him, I see your promotion is due. Just keep going through. Just keep standing in faith. Be faithful to the end. Because they that are faithful to the end, he that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. If any man draws back, he says, my soul will not have pleasure in him. For we are not of them that draw back unto perdition, but we are them that persevere unto salvation. Hebrews chapter 10. He says that for you, there's a great recompense, verse 35, there's a great, verse 35, therefore there, don't cast away your confidence. It has a great, uh, great reward. King James says it has a great recompense of reward. It's compensation. Everything you've been through, the righteous judge will compensate you. Don't worry. Do it for Christ. Serve him. Suffer for him. It's worth it because he's the bishop. He's the shepherd and the bishop of our souls. Amen. Thank you for listening. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Why don't you subscribe to our YouTube channel at Caris Church and subscribe to our podcast so you are always up to date. Be blessed.